What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Music Corner of State of Waits. I'm Nate. It's your boy, Teamazel. Uh, Sebastian. <laughs> Today, we're back. Got the new tunes for the people like you. Let's get into it. Let's get this shit. Let's, Let's get, get this, this shit. shit. <laughs> I put a morning music corner. For- foreshadowing question mark? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. All right. Let's start it off here with the uh, newest album from Afterlife, Part of Me. Uh, I'll start it off because I actually know this band. I'm sure none of you guys have ever heard of this band before. Um, but I have heard of them before. I've seen them live, in fact, too, when they were... Uh, touring for their debut album they opened for the band Kane Hill uh they weren't bad live it's pretty they were pretty basic like metalcore trying to be a new metal band kind of thing but like the very tame new metal like nothing crazy like any influences from Korn you know um I don't really remember much from that album other than the fact that they gave it a seven it was just average uh, so going to this one, I was like, well, maybe they enhanced their sound. Maybe they got better. No. In fact, I, I think this one's worse, if I'm going to be honest. Um, for starters, the first song, of course, it's got to be like a political song. And we've already talked about this multiple times on the Music Corner about politics and music. And like, you know, it can work for some bands like, you know, Fever 333 or even Rage Against the Machine, of course. Some just need to like butt out of it. And it's mainly the bands that I feel like are the ones that don't even have any other music that relates to politics. You know, like this is like the only song that at least I noticed that was like politically charged. And like I said, nothing wrong with politics and music, but it's just like, it feels like such an outlier that there's no point of it being on the album. You know, it just, it was just very weird to me. Uh, not to mention too, that there's just like this early two thousands new metal sound. That's like, the kind of sound that's not the best probably most c-grade metalcore or uh, excuse me c-grade new metal bands would sound like and with metalcore flavor of course um but the absolute worst part of this album i will say is the rapping that did not need to be on this album at all like i really could have done without that portion of new metal on this not that i'm against rapping within new metal but with a band like this, who, if I recall, didn't even have rapping on their first album, or any hint of them even having rapping in their music in general, it, it doesn't work. It's not memorable at all. It's pretty quick, though. I will say, I'm glad that this album is as quick as it is. It's a little under half an hour, if I recall, and it's pretty quick, or a quick listen, you know? But, man, other than some cool instrumental moments, I don't even think I saved a single song on here. And I'm not even going to check, because even if I did, it was just in the moment, you know? It's like, okay, this is fine, but if it came on again, I might even skip it. Hell, I might even remove it off my playlist. But um, this was the lowest rated one of the week for me. Uh, 6 out of 10. While it doesn't sound like, you know, it's that bad after that rating, trust me, for their standards, it's it's not that good. And uh, that's going to come back for a later album, too, about a, a standards for a band but more of that later six out of ten uh trent go ahead wow i didn't know uh punk ghost pop was releasing more shit Ayo. um oof or pop goes punk whatever the however the fuck i can't remember um P- punk goes yeah. crunk punk goes in the 
stump um with this uh album uh yeah i mean like is is it good sometimes you know get that nostalgic feeling yeah and you know i said it before sometimes it's not bad i kind of like that nostalgic feeling with a little bit of albums like we had uh last year i can't remember which album it was but it kind of reminded me of like early blink 182 and i was like that's kind of cool um and i kind of like that but this is it's a little bit different um and like you said, even like the rapping at some points, uh, I was just like, this, it, it would have been better with like just no vocals at all instead of rapping, uh, yeah. in my personal opinion, because it just, it seemed like it didn't fit. And like, I've never listened to them before. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever heard of them. So like, I don't have that like other um, influence uh, of like their older stuff, like you do, Nate. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like bad overall. There's just you know there were things that I would have changed to make it fit my liking a little bit better. Um, but the instrumentals, I will give them credit for that because um, it's 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 good that, that I can at least I can appreciate that aspect of it. Um, it's a it's a six out of ten for me. So. All right, Sebastian. The man, um, yeah, was not very into this album, so to speak. Uh, I guess the drum and bass sections for a couple of the songs were pretty lit. Um, and I'm not even saying in a good way; just they were there. Uh, at least it was something good to say. Uh, lyrics are just so, so fucking corny. I mean, you have songs like the Misfit Anthem, which is your average black veil bride song but like in like more of a new metal style you know like oh you're the outcast stand up stand up yeah, <laughs> yeah stand up and that's like most of the fucking song me saying that over and over um yeah so yeah it's very repetitive if you haven't caught that yet it's very uh very butthole puckering if i do say so myself going through some of these songs because it is just very stale uh, doing nothing new, and the rap parts are just very fucking abysmal. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, but don't do rap again, guys. Uh, unless you guys want to really refine it, just don't do it. And, you know, Limp Biscuit, they're going big again, but that's because of nostalgia. You guys don't have that on your side yet, at least as far as I know. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it just yeah honestly for as much shit people are giving rap for being repetitive not gonna lie man some of this hard rock shit that we've been listening to this year it's just it's honestly giving me those vibes honestly i'm a i'll be a fucking gen zer and fucking hate on the fucking boomers out here making this shit <laughs> um yeah four out of ten it's bad i don't have much to say this album has not much to say so i don't want to give it the time of day Damn straight. All right. Well, let's move along here to an album I think we can all appreciate a bit. Uh, another one, too, within a year. Bill Murray's 400-pound back squat. Sebastian, go ahead. Ooh, thank God. I did not want to go very monotone for this one because it is fucking good. It is very good. Um, Honestly, going back, I know I fucking trashed Eggy Pocket, but... I'm going to pull a pitchfork and redo that and say I liked Eggy Pocket quite a bit. Um, 
This album is very good, but what hurts me the most is the length of it. It is a very, very short album. Um, I was not expecting it to be as short as it was. I was hoping it would be at least like over 30 minutes, but man, this is like, it's kind of like Kanye releasing Ye. It's like such a good album, but just doesn't leave a lot for me to listen to. Stuff that is there is very good. Um, you got the big single Lord Farquaadzilla with the amazing Jonathan Young feature out here. Love Jonathan Young. I've been a huge fan of his YouTube career for years. And it's cool to see him uh, with Johnny Frank here memeing it up over some green screen anime backgrounds and some bodybuilders doing some shit. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, the jazz styled guitar riffs are just as tasty as ever. Makes me want to crank my motherfucking hog. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, yeah. And other than that, you know, Johnny is getting much better with his vocals. Uh, the cleans are a lot more smooth this time, a lot more buttery, a lot more uh, gracious. And even the gritty sections, I think, are pretty good, even with some screams. Uh, surprisingly, I did not expect him to actually go out and scream. Pretty good. Pretty good shit. Um, Jacked and Stacked Mass Monster has by far one of the best drops of the whole album. That that one was pretty, pretty damn good. Kind of reminded me of like a Skrillex kind of thing going off, but a little more ambient. Um, lyrics aren't really too deep, but at the same time, we're here for the memes. We're here for the deep fry. We're here for Johnny motherfucking Frank. We ain't here for some deeply introspective lyrics. You know, he's a sad boy that makes pretty good music. Um, yeah, it just it does. He's I guess you can say he's in like kind of like a feely territory, um, which is pretty, you know, pretty, pretty relatable. Uh, everybody's a bit of a sad boy this year, I guess. Um, yeah, the aforementioned screaming on the song, large throbbing mindset. I thought that was really good. Uh, these song names are just fucking great. Uh, hard for me to read because they're all just like one word, but I love it. Uh, and there's a sexy sex solo as well. And I thought that was pretty nice. Uh, this album, pretty crispy. Uh, I'd crank my Milwaukee hand drill for this. Uh, 8.5 out of 10. Good job, Johnny. Good shit. Trent? So yeah, uh, last year Eggy Pocket, um, I really didn't like it, and I still don't like it. I am unlike Sebastian. Uh, I really just did not like it. This, however, was a definite change. Uh, I was really dreading going into this. I was like, motherfucker! I was like, it's gonna be another meme shit show of an album. You know, Bill Murray. I look at the first song, Lord Farquaadzilla, with with Jonathan Young, and I was like, "Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me!" And like, even like the album art, I'm like, "Fuck, this is gonna suck ass." But I actually wound up liking it. I I got into it, and I was like, "This is this is pretty good." Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Level ninety nine Roid Mage is great. Uh, jacked and stacked mass monster fucking banger and you can't forget relaxing box fan sleep ambient sounds number three G great I love that one too Amazing. that was a great one um yeah it is uh 
<laughs> it's it's music corner seven for me. Like it was, I didn't know what to go in expecting, but I I was not disappointed. So there you go. Yeah. Um, going into this one, I wasn't sure what to expect because. Uh, he mainly switches it up, I guess, with, like, each album. You know, sometimes you'll get, like, some heavier stuff, which is mainly, like, his earlier releases are, like, the more heavy-oriented, uh, albums. But then he's also still got that mix of, like, the alternative sounds that, like, he's done on this one, and even, like, the last one had it, too, and I think even one before that did. You know, he's just, he's very versatile with it. I mean, hence why he's, like, you know, an alternative artist here. Um, in terms of... This compared to Aggie Pocket, I actually did really like Aggie Pocket a little bit more, uh, solely because of absolutely cranking my motherfucking hog. Like, hello, that song and music video is still one of the greatest things I've ever heard and seen. Like, I recently went back to it, too, to watch the music video with all the meme references and everything, and just, like, his face planted on different, like, commercials, like the Papa... Uh, the Papa John's guy it's it's great it's still some of my favorite shit ever um but that doesn't defeat the purpose or the reason whatever I'm trying to say here uh that the fact that this album is like you know not good because it is good you know uh, I still enjoyed level 99 Royd mage uh keeping it beefy was a really good one I think that was the one that had the sax solo too if I recall which I mean yes you cannot go wrong with the sexy sax solo uh cowboys heavy load <laughs> was also another fun one I just love these names for the songs he's like he's the master at this because he can make memes and still make really good quality music and not force it. Unfortunately, like what Bro Job did this year, where it was like memes that were outdated and just generic deathcore over it. You know, that was kind of a big disappointment. But Bill Murray, Johnny Frank, he knows what's up. Can't wait to see him live coming up soon. Seven and a half out of ten for me on this one. All right, moving along now. We have an album from the band Aborted, Mania Cult. Go ahead, Trent. Start us off. So, uh, I think I've mentioned Aborted before. Mm-hmm. Um, I list, The first album I listened to was their previous album. Uh, I can't fucking remember the name of it. Hold on. Oh, was that Terrorvision? Terrorvision, yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a banger. Uh, I remember when that came out, I was like, fuck, that's so good. Uh, and that was like right when, 2018 uh, it was when it came out and that was like right when I was getting into like that that sort of shit um, and like the album art really just like I was like that's fucking sick uh, and then I saw the album art for this new one for Mania Cult and I was like dude I'm like it's fucking aborted like let's go and uh, they didn't disappoint uh, I will say uh, I thought it was an absolute banger of an album uh, Verderf, uh, the intro, uh, kind of like instrumental there, really cool. Uh, and overall, this album, it was fucking good. I mean, it's like, I don't know exactly like what type of metal they are. I'm going to check really quickly here. Um, but it's, it's with the name like aborted, like, come on. Like they're known as uh, death metal, but I feel like it's more than that. It's not just they, death metal. As in the Spotify thing, it says with a name like Aborted, it doesn't take a genius to file the band into the realm of grindcore. Yeah, and I've heard their grindcore too. Yeah, that I I can see. Yeah, it. death metal and grindcore mix. There you go. Death metal grindcore mix. Yeah, I it 
they do a fucking good job for you know that sort of music because like even though like some of it does sound the same like we said before with a lot of like the really weird metal subgenres um i feel like aborted really does a good job in diversifying it a little bit um especially with you know the like solely almost solely instrumental uh intro song uh and then just doing what they do best and just fucking grinding it out as you will um this album gets an, an eight and a half from me i loved it uh it it might be a um uh what the fuck do we call them? Honorable mention. Honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, it might be an honorable mention. Uh, just because Aborted is one of those bands where I don't really listen to them that much. Um, but, like, when I do, I'm like, am I new? I'm in a mood, you know? And I'm like, mm, gotta fucking love it. Yeah, I'm in actually a very, I'm in a very similar boat as you, where it's like I don't listen to them that much either. But like, it, nothing against them at all. They make some badass music. You they know? do. They it, do. You cannot go wrong with aborted. I myself yeah. also listened to Terror Vision when it first came out, and I don't remember if I listened to it on Spotify first. Actually, no. Yeah, I had to have because like around that time is when I would have listened to an album first on Spotify, and if I liked it enough, I would have owned it, and that's exactly yeah. what I did. Like I. Terror you own version. it? I did when I had CDs. When I had oh, CDs. Oh, I was like, you own Terror? What the fuck? Dude, yeah. I <laughs> wish I have it on vinyl. I wish I owned it on vinyl. I think I think uh, Mania Cult's uh, out on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny because like, when I have like the... Uh, the, the I look up the albums before we start, so I know like the order and everything, and like song titles. And the image for it is just the vinyl. I'm pretty sure I'm like, hey, there you go. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Terrorvision I liked a lot. That one was great. I even had that as an honorable mention for 2018 for myself. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, right, exactly. And uh, for me, this one actually was my favorite of the week. Uh, I don't have too much to say about it other than the fact that it just goes hard, heavy, and it's in your face. And that's all I could ever ask for in a fucking death metal, grindcore metal album. You know, it's it's fantastic. I loved it. Uh, some songs I loved on here. The title track was great. Portal to Vacuity, Dementophobia, Drag Me to Hell, Grotesque. I mean, you don't have any bad songs on here. There are absolutely no bad songs it's fun it's great album art is sick as hell and just gonna leave it at that a nice 8 out of 10 super strong 8 out of 10 and it might make an honorable mention we'll see i mean i lately i've been doing a lot of honorable mentions for like the year-end thing but um for myself personally uh but yeah we'll see i mean there's this has been one of the more impressive metal albums this year alone where there has not been a lot of good ones this year. Definitely some memorable moments, but yeah, I a- will really quick. I do want to add on. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Um, talking about like the metal stuff. Like I remember at the beginning of the year, we were like, "This is going to be a shit year." Literally, for yeah. It was horrible. Like we're all like, "Yeah, fucking," you know, all this pop shit we're loving and fucking SG Lewis. Fucking you know, my boy, your boy SG Lewis. Um, and I will say, like the Cannibal Corpse album probably was one of the. I think honestly my favorite of the year. That one and Brand of Sacrifice too. Brand of Sacrifice as well, yeah. Ew. That one I actually owned because I couldn't get the other one in vinyl. <laughs> yeah. The Cannibal Corpse one. Fucking sold, sold out, <laughs> bitches. Cannibal Corpse was a sellout, bro. <laughs> they produced vinyl. <laughs> they they just took the guitarist from Morbid Angel and just made it 
Morbid Angel 2.0. <laughs> and then he just like, did growls over it. It's not that impressive. It's not like he's been doing that since the fucking 90s, dumbass. Get over it. <laughs> you know. But yeah, yeah, I digress. Uh, Sebastian, what did you think? It went heavy. It was good. 7 out of 10. I don't really have much to say. Um, Maybe if I would have listened to this more than once would have liked it more i mean it's nothing wrong with the album i mean it goes heavy where it needs to and it's tight i i don't know what else to say it's good metal and uh it goes and then people go and it's good it's good it's very good that's a fact that's a fact on god all right god you know (laughs) all right well there you go that's the first half down another half to go before we get there though let's have a word from our sponsor and we are back. All right. It's time now for the return of the band Thal, who I've mistakenly been pronouncing a Vitharta, but it's actually pronounced Thal. There you go. And their new album, Mastodon Under Vatan. I believe I said that wrong as well, but it, it basically means, though, uh, Seagull Town Underwater, if I'm not mistaken. So that's the name of it in English. So... There you go on that one. But, uh, Sebastian, I'll have you start off with this. I never listened to this one this week, sadly, because oh, I had a 12-hour shift today, and I had no way of listening to it. Damn. I mean, I get it, yeah. And the fact that, like, it's, like, over... <laughs> it's an hour and 20 minutes, so, like... Yeah, there would have been no time. But I get it. No problem at all. Uh, then I'll move it over to Trent. So this album uh, is definitely in my fucking realm. Oh, uh, yeah. of music. I figured it would be too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know me. Oh, like, yeah. come on. Um, no, I uh, I will say it was it was a bit long. Um, even for me, uh, there was I think it was the last song that was just like another thing of like ten minutes of just bullshit. Not too much bullshit though. I know what you mean, but like it's not like the um, I think it was the world is a beautiful place one. Yeah, like, fucking that, that one was that a little world, long. Beautiful that... bullshit, whatever the fuck. <laughs> and I am afraid to die because of this album. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, that was um, that one was way too long. Those two fucking songs of just absolutely fucking nothing. This fifteen and nineteen minutes respectively. Uh, but this was this one wasn't too bad. I mean, he had ten minutes, um, at the end, which, um, was okay. Uh, the album overall, though, uh, it did get a little bit repetitive here and there. Um, but, I mean, what can you do? It was good, though. Um, I really did enjoy it. It's a Music Corner 7 for me. Um, and it, I, I honestly, I think I would recommend it. Um, I, you don't know if you have to listen to the entire thing. You can listen to parts of it, but I would recommend as it, it was. It was an experience, I'll, I'll say that. There you have it. So, like I mentioned, this band returned. This is their actual return album. uh, And only their second studio album. And there was a 10-year gap between. There was, like, an EP and some singles in between there as well. But in terms of studio albums, this has been a 10-year gap. With the debut album, I believe it was just called Mastodon, which is, uh, what did I say earlier? It was the... uh, sea underwater or something like that or whatever the fuck it was called i already forgot what it was called but i mean it's a cool name nevertheless and i do love that like it's in swedish too i think that like 
that's a pretty cool aspect of it too. It makes adds a little flavor to the metal, you know. Um, but yes, it is a you know kind of like a prog death metal-y kind of thing going here, uh, which is like you know what they've always been known for. And I I fuck with it a lot. I believe I did not dislike a single song other than one solely because there was a little too much singing and I don't like the singing vocals on this album that much um it kind of ruins it a little bit I I listened to the debut for an album a day and I don't remember if there was actually a lot of singing on it but um I do recall that like if even if there was it wasn't that like you know bad or at least not that noticeable this one it's noticeable and it's just not my thing uh but that doesn't defeat the album at all i mean it's still a great album it is long not the longest though i mean believe it or not i think that heaven shall burn album we listened to last year was longer at an hour and a half um but even then that one made my top 10 like to my wildest surprise that one was an amazing album uh this one though it was it was good it's a good comeback great sound uh no complaints i would say the song names but i'm gonna butcher the hell out of them i'll say the english song names i like the penny royal poison sunset sunrise vagabond uh heart smear and passage passage noir just to name a few but yeah this one gets an eight out of ten for me and I also recommend it as well. Maybe not the whole album if you're not into that kind of thing, but check out some songs. It's still pretty solid. All right, time for what we've been hinting at since the beginning here. It's time for the new Baby Keem album, The Melodic Blue. Go ahead, Sebastian. So, Baby Keem, The Melodic Blue... Yeah, it started off pretty strong with uh, Trademark USA here, and yeah, man, the guy <laughs> fucking calling people out, and he's like, he, say, he says, your shows out here are Oprah White, and I was just <laughs> fucking dying. I didn't uh, hear that, but that's funny as fuck. <laughs> I, I, like, you know me, I always have fucking lyrics pulled up for mm-hmm. every song, if I, if I can, obviously, uh... If I have to, I'll listen to it passively. But I try to have the lyrics pulled up as I listen for a more in-depth approach. Um, But yeah, and uh, let me go on record in saying, man, I really slept on baby fucking Keem of all people. Um, I remember, I think it was, was he on Donda or Certified Lover Boy? Um, great question. It was one or the other, I think. If, If he, I can check actually real quick. Yeah, he was on one of the two, and I will say, I remember saying he had, like, the most annoying voice. Like, he was, like, just Playboy Cardi, but without charisma or something like that. And, um, yeah, man, I was, uh, I wouldn't say I was completely wrong. Uh, his voice does get a little bit grating at times and stuff. Like, the high falsetto parts, oh my god, those were just so hard to listen to. Um, you know, it just... It made me laugh, but not, like, in a good way. Um, It's just kind of, like, I I really just don't like the sound of this. Um, And, oh, also, quick quick side, I know he was on Donda. Oh, it was on Donda. Okay, I knew it was on one of the two because, you know, they're both very big albums this year. Um, But, yeah, I will say some of the art tracks on here... um, 
like Range Brothers with Kendrick Lamar. And obviously, uh, I'm sure you guys know, but if the audience doesn't, Baby Keem and Kendrick are believe, uh, I believe to be cousins, or I know they are related for I think you're uh, right, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it's just, it's cool to see Kendrick on uh, an album, you know, twice now uh, for this album in particular. Uh, I like his back and forths with him on that one. I thought it was, like, really fun. Um, you know, Kendrick... <laughs> top of the morning my top man morning, top um the top the morning top the morning it's, it's such a meme now and rightfully so it, it's just such a odd place in the whole album but just so funny um yeah uh going into some of the softer tracks uh he has issues in 16 i thought they were pretty nice to hear uh i just wish the lyrics had something more to say especially like more for like some of these emo parts um especially with like songs like lost souls uh, i really like that ballad especially with like that you know boys to men kind of uh 80s synth I, I thought that was pretty good. Um, obviously, he wasn't really singing too much on there, but the instrumental is very nice, coupled with some more uh, emotionally charged lyrics, I would say. Um, the worst song for me on this one has to be Coco. Uh, just that hee-hee, like that thing, I, I just could not fucking stand it. It was the only track I had that kind of maybe skip. Um, yeah, uh, but I will say, going from there... The biggest banger on the whole album for me is Family Ties by fucking far. Uh, it's not hard to see why uh, Kendrick just pulls out some of the best lyrics he's done in a little bit, especially for such a for a feature. Man, the guy just <laughs> decided to just pull out his fucking a game out here for this, um, which baby Keem as well had a pretty solid uh verse as well on top of it yeah kendrick was my favorite between the two but baby keem showing up too he's he's definitely coming out with his best uh pen game for this one uh so yeah family ties by far my favorite um kendrick's flow and inflections on this are so fucking different at times and just really fucking crazy um, I thought that was awesome. I, I just, I really just want a new Kendrick album, as you can tell, uh, as obviously everybody does, but I, I really just want one. I, I want a fucking Kendrick album right now. Uh, just, I, man, so good. Uh, Travis, uh, Scott is also on this album. Totally forgot to mention, but the guy just sounds like he is sleeping, man. I hope he doesn't fucking turn into Drake at this point. Had like a couple like okay albums, and then now he's just gonna like barely try because you know homie's got a McDonald's meal and shit. Um, <laughs> the superior <yeah>. meal. <laughs> fucking fucking meal out here. Uh, yeah, like it's just uh, not. Yeah, it's just not my thing for uh, his feature. It just sounds very sleepy, and it's the same fucking thing I said about him on Drake's new album. Um, yeah, not not gonna lie. Uh, one of the biggest issues I have with this album, lyrically speaking, are like, you know, I don't care about the haters, but yet you go into detail about shit that you're pissed off at them about. You know, it just kind of fucking... Uh, 
you know, <clears throat> Drake-ish, if you will, you know, just like how much he says he hate or how much he says he doesn't care about the haters, but yet that's all he fucking talks about. At least with this, that's not all Baby Keem talks about. It's just really fucking annoying, and I hate this trope so much in rap. Uh, and actually all music, to be specific. Uh, honestly, I, I can find issues with this in every genre, but rap has been doing it a lot lately, and it's been kind of getting on my nerves. Um, yeah, Vent started very well as a song as well. I uh, just kind of became gross <laughs> at one point uh, with the lyric of ice cream, booger colored piss, sub-zero. I, I don't even know what to say about that lyric. Um, ice cream, booger colored piss. I, it's something. It's, it's a lyric. Uh, not as gross as Lil Wayne's fucking lyrics at times, but it's, it's pretty up there for me. But yeah, I just, I can't let some of the bad shit go on this. I think this is, uh, a good start to the man himself, Baby Keem. I really hope with this potential that I have seen with some of his better songs on this that he improves with time. But the bangers are truly bangers. Family Ties, Range Brothers, 16, a couple others, very good. But I, I'm going to have to give this one a 6 out of 10, too. Um, I really wish more tracks were as well made as others. It's just he kind of just fell into some rap tropes that are just very, very hit or miss for me. So I'm sorry I just didn't enjoy this overall as much. But the bangers, I will say, are certified banger. Bro, real quick before uh, we continue, I just want to say, because like, you remind me of it when you mentioned Drake. Have you been seeing the memes of Drake lately where it's like, Drake's the type of guy who would say oopsie poopsies if he made a mistake? Yeah. <laughs> Those are the fucking best. And they're just murdering the man. Like, ruining his whole like fucking self-esteem. It's, it's hilarious. Oh. Dude, if you want to see him getting murdered, just listen to the story of Adidad by Pusha T. Oh, I gotta listen to more Pusha T, honestly. I really do. He's he's oh, a dude. good rapper. I feel like people he give really shit. He really is. Yeah, honestly, if you listen to the story of Adidad, honestly, like, I'm not a big fan of diss tracks, for one. Even Ice Cube, one of my favorite rappers, I hated every diss track he's ever made. Like, yeah, they're, like, you know, pretty real and shit like that, but just never really did it for me. Um, but story of Adidad, I'm surprised Drake is still making music and acting macho as he is, because that... That tore into the man so fucking much. And I'm imagine. not like a Drake hater. I don't know him personally. But after hearing that song, I'm just like, dude, I would hang my head in shame for years. I just go on hiatus for years, man. Go out in the mountains, maybe like, you know, grow a bigger beard and shit. I don't know. I get that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Trent, go ahead next. Uh, So... <laughs> It took me a bit to process what Sebastian said of like like the, the rap tropes. I so I was just thinking Damn, it kinda of makes sense now, now that I'm like actually thinking about it and not just like listening to the album just to listen to the album, you know. Um but overall I will say he did a fucking amazing job. Uh Hendrick, I mean Kendrick is probably my favorite rapper if I had to pick one. And, you know, knowing that they're, what you said, they're cousins. 
or something, something like that. Something yeah. like that. They're related somehow. Yeah, they're they got family. They got family ties, if you will. Um, but no, I it was it was great to hear because it's funny because like you can kind of hear the chemistry that they bring, you know, and it. I don't know if like if anybody's listening gets that, but like hearing them like together. You know, it's not like a thing where you're just asking somebody, oh, hey, you want to be on this? It's more of like a, dude, you know, like, this would be so cool. It's like, almost like they're saying, this, you know, it's almost like they're thing. saying, let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Yeah, it's like they're saying <laughs> top of the morning, you know? <laughs> you know? Top of the morning, top of the morning. <laughs> um, the one thing I will say that made this album kind of eh, um, was the beginning. Really, the the first three songs, I really just didn't, it just really didn't connect. Um, and so that kind of threw it off for me. Uh, the length as well. Uh, it's an hour, but it's like... I'll take it because it it's more of like a... a it changes styles, you know? Which is, a, a, which is what makes it good. You know, so I'll, I'll take it overall. Uh, but it... <laughs> my favorite thing... Uh, of this album overall as a whole is from Family Ties when Kendrick Lamar starts saying brother like progressively more white so like he says like brother and then he goes brother like (laughs) it's funny and like it I think that's also where like the chemistry thing comes in a little bit as well because like you can tell they're just having fun with it you know it's not just like strictly for just like oh yes the two of us are together um, like on a collaboration again. It's not one of those things. It's like, you know, it's it's a cool thing. Um, the album overall, though, I give it an eight out of ten. Um, I would listen to it again. I would recommend it as well. Um, maybe not the entire thing, but the bang. Like Sebastian said, the bangers are bangers, hundred percent all the way. Oh, fucking bring that to the fucking grave with me because they were fucking good. Absolutely, yeah. I will totally agree with that statement. The bangers are bangers for sure. As a whole, the album is it's 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 okay. It's not bad. It's a good start. I know he's got some mixtapes that came out before this, but this is his like you know commercial debut studio album, if you will. And um, you know it, it's it's a good start. It's a pretty solid start. Um, I personally love the opening track, Trademark USA. thought that was super solid. Uh, the next couple then, yeah, Pink Panties and uh, Scapegoats. I could have totally done without those for sure. At least they were quick, though. That was nice. But then Range Brothers gets on, and you already know, top of the morning, top of the morning. All I got to say, like, that is great. Kendrick, both of his features are just excellent like he does such a great job and those two have great chemistry with each other makes perfect sense why they're cousins and why they do what they do you know uh in total side note too really looking forward to this kendrick album that's supposed to be coming out either sometime this year or sometime next year i know for sure he had a whole statement about it where like um what's the label uh let's say it's like tde or something like that uh whatever label he's on it'll be like his last one on that label some have said that might be his last album but i don't see that happening at all i don't 
think that'll happen, but only time will tell. Anyway, besides those two songs, though, Range Brothers and Family Ties with Kendrick, I enjoyed Gorgeous. I actually did like Coco, too, but mainly because, like, I'm, I'm a big Don Tolliver guy. Like, I really fuck with his stuff. And we will definitely review his new album, too, in the future. That's coming down the pipeline. Stay tuned for that. Uh, that Travis Scott feature really also didn't do anything for me, either. I know Sebastian, he said he sounded pretty sleepy and everything, and I don't remember him being sleepy, but I do remember that he just didn't sound all that good or even memorable i mean i almost forgot he was even on the album until i looked into it again so that says anything um i also liked vent too vent was another good song uh towards the end of the album too uh but yeah overall i think it's a nice album to get his feet in the water you know get a little wet there and see what he can feel around until he can come out with like his like magnum opus you know like this isn't quite it i know for a fact that he could do much better and hopefully you know with kendrick maybe even like teaching him a thing or two about the rap game he can like he can pull something out he could be potentially the next kendrick lamar but i mean you you, you can't really be kendrick lamar you know it's just he's perfect at what he does so with that this album gets a 7 out of 10 for me music corner 7 and keep an eye on him i think we all should keep an eye on him because we could have something pretty big here in the next couple years or so but now it's time for the final album of the day ice nine kills the silver scream 2 welcome to horrorwood oh boy i'm going on a rant here so Ice Nine Kills, uh, metalcore band, been at the game for years. Uh, in fact, their earlier stuff, believe it or not, was ska punk. They used to be a ska punk band uh, with some uh, flavor of emo in there. I, I don't know why or how that transitioned into metalcore, but it, it worked out for them because, I mean, they've come out with some banger albums such as Safe is Just a Shadow, Predator Becomes the Prey, Every Trick in the Book, which that album, the latter, was the first to actually incorporate some sort of a, you know, theme, like direct theme for the album. Or that one was about books of literature, mainly horror books, but the magnum opus here is The Silver Scream that came out in 2018. That album Mwah. It's perfect. It's beautiful. I think it was like my second or third favorite of that year. It was awesome for the time and everything. And it still holds up a bit even today. Uh, kind of corny at times now, but like it's not like this album, which I'll get to very shortly here. Um, but that I love that album. Silver Scream is great. Didn't know what to expect, though, for the next uh, album, whenever that would come out. Was not expecting a sequel, though, to that album and have another full album about horror movies, which it sounds cool on paper, but it's all about the execution. And I think, personally, the execution on this one, for the most part, was uh, piss poor. Um, It just... Starting with the first single that came out, uh, Hip to be Scared, the American Psycho song, with Jacoby of Papa Roach. Jacoby uh, Shaddix, I believe his last name, who's barely even in the song. I think he's only in, like, one part, and, like, that's it. And he's in, I guess, in the, uh, what I'm going to call the theatrical part, where it's like they're doing a bit on the movie American Psycho of, like, the whole Huey Lewis thing, you know. You ever listen to them? <laughs> their, their old stuff was something about, like, you know, 
their old stuff wasn't that bad, but they kind of came into their sound and for this album. Uh, and they were doing, of course, with like the Ice Nine Kill Silver Scream album. They were just doing a whole play on it, and it's goofy. I have to admit, it's goofy. But not as goofy as Assault and Batteries, because holy fucking shit, that is the worst Ice Nine Kill song I've ever listened to in my fucking life. It's a whole thing on Child's Play, and they add this utterly annoying fucking doll-like sound, almost even childlike of the whole like holy shit, it's so bad it's so annoying, it's unnecessary, well necessary in the fact that you get that it's for child's play but you didn't have to do that they did not have to do that at all and it was like a whole, the whole first verse almost had like 80% of that it seemed like I'm just like this is this is too much this is not good um, and I was already scared to listen to this album at that point but then they kind of picked it back up with Rainy Day when that came out and that one's on Resident Evil I thought that one was pretty solid and after that I really didn't listen to much and I just waited for the album to come out so when the whole album came out uh, yeah it's 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 just not that good it just seemed generic you know uh, I did like A Rash Decision which that one was about cabin fever, and I was like, oh, cool, I haven't seen the movie, but that's that sounds good, you know? There is a whole wave then of songs I didn't care for, like Shower Scene, Funeral Derangements was okay, and then Rainy Day, like I said, I liked. Uh, Take Your Pick has a corpse grinder feature. Yes, a corpse grinder feature, just there. Uh, Corpse Grinder actually carries the track, in my opinion, because other than his feature, there's nothing that interesting about it. And it's like, for the most part of this album, it seems like, I don't know, it was either overproduced or underproduced. It never got into that sweet spot like the Silver Scream had, for me at least. It just... No, it just didn't hold up at all. And it's like, I wanted to like the album, genuinely. I really wanted to, especially because I love Ice Nine Kills. They put on a great show. Like, they're very talented guys. They've been able to market themselves as a horror band and sell so much fucking merch. They even had their own, uh, was it like, Night of the Ninth or something like that? Or where like every ninth of the month I believe it was either last year or even two years ago they would release a whole new merch line and it would sell out like that you know like they had such a great marketing plan on that they really thought that through and I gotta give credit where credit's due but I mean continuing on uh, the box was actually pretty cool it's actually got uh, Brandon Soller of Atreyu and Ryan Kirby of Fit for a King on there pretty sick uh, and Fly wasn't bad, too, with uh, Buddy Nielsen of Senses Fail. But then after that, there's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. I was just horribly disappointed. And for their standards, what I mentioned earlier about the whole, like, standards thing, you know, it wasn't a bad album, but for their standards, it was not good. It was rough. This perfectly describes the Ice Nine Kills album here. I mean, while I did give it a six and a half after quite possibly murdering this album, it's just, I, I just expected much better, you know, and maybe one day it'll grow on me more and more, but it sure as hell will not be a silver scream, and one thing that I could take away from this album as well to end it off is that sometimes a sequel to horror films is just unnecessary. So that's all I got to say about that one. Trent, go ahead. Wouldn't let me fucking unmute my bed. Um, so, Ice Nine Kills, 
never been a fan of. Um, we'll say that one hundred percent. I really just never liked their music. Just was not for me. I know I had a lot of friends that liked them back in the day. I don't know how the fuck you guys liked them. <laughs> I will say that they're fucking cool, um, dude. Huh? I said they're fucking cool, dude. They're fucking cool. Yeah, I know. I heard a bunch of shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The features really just didn't hit it in this album. And like, I I will say I was excited for the Corpse Grinder feature. You know, I was like, "Whoa, it's so cool!" And yeah, no, I, this whole album's a fucking flop. Um, it just I don't understand what it is. I just don't like them. Like, they have like really cool like stuff that they do, and like you know, some other shit. Like the whole like you know, Welcome to Horrorwood. Silver Scream 2, you know, it's kind of cool, but, like, it just fucking sucks dick. Like, real hard. And I don't know what it is. But, yeah, it, it's it's a five for me. Four, four and a half, four, maybe. Uh, five on a good day. Um, yeah, I don't, it's just, ugh, you know? And maybe that was the, maybe that was the reason, because, you know... It's a shitty horror film. You're like, ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the fucking it's like Scream Three. <laughs> You're like, there's a third one. <laughs> there's fucking five, five of them. Yeah, and they're rebooting it too. How about that? Yeah, but that trailer looks fucking dope, though. I didn't see it, but I mean, I might take your word Ooh, for it. Dude, it looks fucking sick. Yep. All right, uh, Sebastian, go ahead. Oh man, I. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as Trent here, and uh, even Nate for just how I feel about the album. I've never really liked Ice Nine Kills. They kind of give me the same kind of like Asking Alexandria Sini type of sound. Um, not knowing that they were in a fucking like ska punk band. Yep. I that's fucking crazy to hear and the fact that emo influence i can only imagine hearing like black parade but with like a fuck ton of trumpets and instead of people like talking about like slitting their wrist they're just gonna like fucking like skateboard and just like have like a fucking rolling rock or some shit i'm gonna fall um, off my skateboard because of you <laughs> I'm fucking doing kickflip grind headstand, you know what I'm saying, dude? Literally. Just you fucking left me for fucking Brad. Um, the crazy yeah, thing, though, real quick, but not to cut you off, but like, oh, yeah. they started in 2000. That's when. What the fuck? Yeah, the band started in 2000 in high school, and it took them roughly 10 years to even get their name out there. You know, it's it's crazy. Like their history is very impressive and interesting, but you know, obviously now we're a little shaky with them. But anyway, continue. No, it's all good. I mean, knowing I didn't even know they were that old to begin with. I they sound like they're closer to my age than being in high school in two thousand the year I was born. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this this album is so goddamn cheesy and it's not like a good kind of cheesy where it's self-aware like you know um like ginger dead man and stuff like that uh this is just really really fucking bad um it's super overproduced uh i guess i can say the drop and shower scene 
was pretty good, and the fact that they got Corpse Grinder on here was pretty fun. But yeah, I mean, it is just such a mishandled album. Especially because, like, the first one, I didn't mind. Uh, my partner, BB, enjoys it quite a bit. And I, I, I can see the likability for the first one. But for this one, I, I'm honestly glad it's not meeting that well uh, appraisal-wise. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's super bloated. And, uh, yeah, Salt and Batteries is one of the worst things I've heard in a while. Um, just really hard for me to get through. Honestly, this is, like, what would happen if Theater Kids decided to make a horror album. If I, uh, <laughs> as far as, like, cringe factor goes. And I hate to use that word, but it, it's very, very hard for me to fucking get through. Honestly. Uh, you know... The clean vocals, I mean, he's not a bad singer. It's just I really, really do not like the kind of punk rock clean vocals over screaming in the horror films. It's just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here to say that these guys are like horrible, like artists or anything. It's just, I don't think this resonates well. Like, it's just a lot of things very haphazardly thrown together. Um, yeah, honestly, I think they just did this because they wanted to maybe, like, reach the same amount of, uh, acclaim and sales as the first one. That's why, that's why most sequels are made. But, yeah, just like most horror movie sequels, uh, unless you kind of change the tone around or amp it up more and maybe go more horror-themed, it just will end up really fucking boring to get through uh yeah this is a good like three out of ten for me um i'm i'm sorry i just i never got into them before this and i really really have a hard time thinking i'll get into them later on especially after this yeah <clears throat> they're not for everybody that's for sure but you know, they they have definitely had their better days, for sure. And, then, I mean, it's not the end of them, either. This isn't going to hurt their career. In fact, it might even help it even more, because a lot of people are eating this album up. Like a bunch of hungry zombies in a horror film. But, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I it's, it's just a no. <laughs> it's just going to be a no for me, too. But, all right, there you have it. That is the week. That is the six albums. Here we go with the album recommendations, though. I got one already right here. It's a Dance Gavin Dance album. One you might not expect me to really say much either, but I'm going to go with it and say Downtown Battle Mountain 2. The sequel. A good sequel, actually, to an already decent album. Uh, Downtown Battle Mountain 2, though, uh, the, the weirdest thing about it is that uh, John Mess's vocals are the weirdest on any single dance game and dance album like prior to it it was still pretty rough but this one was just weird but like at what was it what you say sebastian oh no i was gonna say like it just sounds pitch shifted it really does does. like it i don't know if that's actually him doing that or it's like really pitch shifted because it just doesn't sound a human at times (laughs) it really doesn't i just Really, like, I I can't even, like, imitate it that much. It's just, it's very weird. And, like, at the same time, though, 
it works, you know? It, like, it somehow does work, but after this album is when he really improved. I mean, acceptance speech two years after, it, you'd almost think it was a completely different vocalist, you know, because his screams just changed drastically. And then, of course, you got Johnny Craig on here, this being his last album. Johnny Craig, he's got his issues, but he was still a great vocalist, you know? He, I mean, for Sebastian and I, he's definitely our least favorite, for sure. But we still respect the guy. He still does what he does really well. Just, hey, he's, he's got some issues that he needs to work on still. You know, it's rough. But, hey, he's trying. Uh, some songs I really do like here, though. Uh, Blue Dream, Pounce Bounce, Robot with Human Hair, Part Two and a Half, and uh, Spooks. Yeah, that opening track is actually super solid, too. So, yeah, Downtown Battle Mountain 2 for me. Uh, Sebastian, what do you got? So we were talking about this artist earlier, and uh, this album is very short and sweet to the point. Um, I wouldn't say sweet exactly, but uh, it's good. Very good. I'm going to recommend Daytona by Pusha T in 2018. Uh, Pusha T, for the longest time, I just thought was Kanye West. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's horrible. I get that. This is horrible to say. I know they are two different people, but... Honestly, with my eyes closed, it is really hard for me to tell who I'm listening to. And one thing I want to say, too, um, is that, like, when he's on, when Pusha T is on Kids See Ghost, I thought his verse was Kanye the whole time. <laughs> oh, dude, me too. I was like, wait, wait. No, that isn't Kanye, because Kanye's doing the gun noises, and that doesn't really sound like Kanye either. What the fuck? <laughs> right. And the funniest thing out of all of this is the fact that um what you call it the fact that Pusha T and Kanye like came out at the same time too like Wait, they what? both came around like 2000 2001 really i didn't know Pusha T did oh yeah they it just it's crazy it just adds to the fact that i swear to god it's like the same person sometimes not to say that they are not different in uh style wait wait push a t was in clips yeah oh shit i didn't know that was him oh my god i love hell hath no fury what the fuck Dude, Pusha T's been around for a while, honestly. Very underrated rapper, for sure. Um, I don't really hear him too much, like, in the realm. I mean, obviously, like, big rap heads will talk about him, but I don't really hear talk about uh, talk about him too much, you know? Uh, but, yeah, Daytona is just one of the, like, one of the crowning achievements, I think, for Pusha T. I think it's a very, very good album for as short as it is. Honestly, uh, gonna fucking go back to Kanye here. Uh, if you guys know Kanye, this kind of like reminds me of like a yay moment in his career. Like where you just don't expect the hit as hard as it does because the length, but it hits pretty hard and you just want it to go more. Um, hard piano, one of my favorite parts on this with Rick Ross, who is another like memed out rapper who i think has good flow at times i i I do like the guy i'll never listen to anything on his own but i think he does a pretty fucking good job on this song and of course you have a kanye feature on here for what would meek do uh that one's a very fun one as well um then you got infrared which is another great song as well 
So yeah, this album, check it out. Uh, especially if you haven't heard too much from him, I think this will definitely sway you towards the likability camp for him. Hell yes. Trent, go ahead. Um, This is very hard for me because I'm having a fucking brain fart moment. I cannot remember what albums I have and have not done. Um, I mean, me all the, all the time when we do this. Literally, I'm like, fuck. I, I'm trying to like sit here. I'm like, what? What vinyls do I got right now? Like, what are we? Um, What's on my Spotify? Shit. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, dude. Uh, what I will do, though, however, um, I am going to go with, I don't, th- I th- maybe Sebastian might have talked about this. I don't know. Um, but uh, I've been playing guitar a little bit more recently um, and trying out different things. Uh, and, oh, actually, that's a good one to go with. I'll go with that one. I had a different one in mind, but um, I've been like, because I usually stay in the realm of like between like standard tuning on guitar, and then I went down to D uh, for like Gojira and stuff like that, and Ghost. Um, and then I was like, let's take it one step further, because there was a song I I was messing around, I was playing a little bit, and I was like, huh, this sounds like this other song. So I looked up that song, uh, and that song was "Tears Don't Fall" by Bullet for My Valentine. Yes. Yes. Uh and I was like, you know what? It it brings me back a little bit. It really does. And this album, if it would fucking let me go to the album, The Poison by Bullet from My Valentine, literally was like middle school for me, you know, like late elementary through middle and then freshman year of high school. You know, even like it is just one of those. It's a fucking emo banger. You know, I the entire album is really um, obviously Tears Don't Fall being like the most notable song uh, off of it. Um, But I was playing guitar and I was like, fuck, I got to learn it. So I learned it um, and I play it like every here and there uh because it, it it is really fun and it's 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 more of a nostalgic song for me now uh it, but it's still it's still really a banger so and i think they're going on tour both for my valentine um possibly yes and i know they have a new album coming out this year too if it doesn't yes out, i knew that um we'll be talking about that which, for sure yeah i hope it's really good i heard it's heavy i heard there at least there's some uh, songs in there that's like heavy heavy yeah, but it's like, you know, when when emo bands come back, you know. Yeah. Ice Nine Kills was shit. <laughs> Always has been. <laughs> Different uh, story. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll see, though. We will see. We shall see. But all right. That's going to do it for this episode. My boy, Sebastian Trent, thank you for joining. Yeah. And we will see you guys in the next episode. This has been a Music Corner of Rest 808, and we are signing off.